You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is Decides Orphans and Oddities. If you go on the Facebooks, you'll find that I'm broadcasting live in what I call Angst Vision. Um, tomorrow's my birthday, oh boy, and I know you're all going to celebrate. I'm celebrating by being alone in this big studio. So if you uh, go on the Facebooks and you look up the show, you'll see that I'm broadcasting on the videos. So you can see actually what's happening, the excitement, and I'm going to spend long periods of time staring into the camera. So what you just heard was uh, a band called A Flock of Seagulls who made it to number 10 in the United States and number one in Australia and uh, number one plus 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 in your hearts with their big hit, Iran, which reached number 10. And the video, well, by golly, by gosh, the video was all over the place. Uh, Mike Score, the lead singer, had that crazy hair. He was actually a hairdresser when he started this group. Him, his brother played the drums. And um, they were a really big deal. They opened up for the police in Rochester, or so my wife says, because she was in Rochester at the time when she saw them. And I saw the police on the same tour. This is 19, I don't know, on the Synchronicity Tour. And uh, the band that opened for the police in Buffalo was called Reflex. And their big hit was The Politics of Dancing, their only hit. Anyway, A Flock of Seagulls I have picked as the starting point for tonight's show. Because even though they really had, well, obviously, they just had the one top ten hit. I thought it had gone much higher, but it only went to number 10. Do I have that right? It might have gone higher. I don't know. Number 10. But uh, they were uh, they were just because of MTV, they were all over the place. More popular than they probably deserve to be. And uh, Mike Score is still out there playing this song over and over again. But you know what? The funny thing about it is that uh, if you research it, that first album they did, that big uh, eponymous record, that album was actually produced by someone who's very famous, but you don't know who they are. And I probably could name them, which I will. And you'll still say, who are they? But as I will make clear today's show, um, I will explain who they are. Uh, now before a flock of seagulls came out with that single, they had released an EP. And on that EP were a couple of songs that were produced by, um, a fantastic guitar player, a uh, very good songwriter by the name of Bill Nelson. Who's Bill Nelson? Well, I will explain to you who Bill Nelson is in just let, let's play these songs. I'm just going to play a couple of these songs because they're, they're very, very, very 1981. So let's see. <laughs>
There was a guy named Bill Nelson, a single from 1982, and that was Love Without Fear on WHUP-FM 104.7. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. So, we started with A Flock of Seagulls, and as I said, A Flock of Seagulls released an EP before they came out with their big uh, debut album. Uh, And their EP was produced by a guy named Bill Nelson, who you just heard. Um, in the seventies, Bill Nelson was part of a group called Bebop Deluxe. And if you go and look for video, um, representation of Bebop Deluxe, you'll, you'll discover very quickly that the, the difference between Bebop Deluxe and a lot of their peers, and they sound, I'm going to play you three songs spanning their, uh, career as best I can legally and um, 
Bill Nelson was an incredible guitar player and a pretty, pretty, into, pretty unique singer. I, I didn't think that that song necessarily did justice. He sounds a lot like David Bowie meets a certain ratio, sort of daily. But um, more organic was his stuff with his four-piece band, Bebop Deluxe. Never even came close to whiffing success here in the United States, although they did play here for a while, and they opened up for um, some famous groups, none of which come to my mind at the moment. But Bill Nelson and uh, Bebop Deluxe are definitely worth seeking out for uh, their albums. And the thing I like about, obviously, I love Bill Nelson's guitar playing. His whole band is really good. Um kind of like a more intellectual clash i'd say uh they came from a place where they sounded glam we're gonna go backwards so we're gonna start with uh something in the late 70s and we're gonna go back to the one of their first singles so here is uh three songs here are three songs by bebop deluxe on d-sides orphans and oddities please enjoy responsibly
That was something that uh, disappeared very quickly, and that—that that is uh, virtuosity. Um, that was a little slice of Bebop Deluxe. We started with New Precision from 1978's Drastic Plastic. That was their last album. Uh, number two, Ships in the Night from Sunburst Finish from 1976, their highest charting single in the UK. Needless, I, I told you already, they did, they did not even sniff the United States charts. And before that, and after that, Jets, Silver, and the Dolls of Venus from 1974, their first album, Axe Victims. So, a worthy exploration for you. Uh, their discography was brief and finite, but rewarding. All the songs kind of go into one another, and I like that. I kind of do the things, same thing myself with my own product. This is Gilbert Neal, and you're listening to D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. I'm on uh, Angst Vision, so if you uh, get on the um, the Facebooks, you'll see that I'm actually talking um, on the cameras thing. All right, so Bill Nelson produced the EP, the pre-fame EP for A Flock of Seagulls. But the album, the big album was produced by a guy named Mike Howlett. Who's Mike Howlett? Well, I will tell you. And the theme of this show is actually, we are gonna we started with uh, Flock of Seagulls, then we went to Bebop Deluxe, then we're going back to Flock of Seagulls, and this guy who produced that massive album. He also produced Tears for Fears, Martha and the Muffins. Maybe you've never heard of Martha and the Muffins, but if you were in Buffalo back then, you knew Echo Beach. Echo Beach, far away in time. Echo Beach, far away. Da, 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 da. She's an office clerk. Da, 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 da. Very clean stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, China Crisis. Berlin. The Alarm. Blancmange. Hunters Collectors. OMD. Before they were OMD, they were Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. So if you were anywhere near a dance floor somewhere... 
in the early 80s. You're basically listening to Mike Howlett's discography. But before Mike Howlett produced these albums, he was actually in a band. Well, he's in a few bands. He was in a band called Gong, progressive rock. But after that, before he produced these records, he was in a band called Strontium 90. Who is Strontium 90? I've played Strontium 90 on my show before. But you probably forgot because you didn't associate the band name with the guy who was singing the song. I'll play that song again, along with other songs recorded by this band, Strontium 90. Short-lived, 1977. He was the bass player. When you hear the really, really good bass parts in one or two of the songs I'm about to play, it's Mike Howlett. And uh, Sting... Stuart Copeland and Andy Summers. So yes, the police and this guy who produced A Flock of Seagulls, Mike Howlett. So immediately you're going to recognize Sting's voice because it's a fantastic voice. And I think that Sting is great. But I also think it's interesting and when you hear one of these songs, pay attention to the lyrics because the lyrics were going to be used later on by Sting in another one of his songs. Entirely different. So this is what the police were doing just before they became the police. And it's not bad. I like this Mike Howlett guy. Obviously, he's got a, a, a great ear for music. And obviously, he's maybe he had a great ear for music. And I think he's still alive. But I don't think he's in the music business anymore. But whatever the case... This short live band went on to become the police. And I'm going to start this little story with some cuts by this band, Strontium 90. So listen very carefully. This is what the police became. Here we go. I like it. It's pretty good. Thank you. 
little story of a thousand rainy days since we first met. It's a big enough umbrella, but it's always me that ends up getting wet. So for some, excuse me, for some people that's new stuff, for some people it's old, but for most people it's new. So that was uh, three cuts that appear on an album released under the name Strontium 90. So you heard uh, Electron Romance, New World Blues, and Sting's demo for Every Little Thing She Do. Every Little Thing She Do is Magic. And uh, it's nice, you know, just as good as uh, the one that was released, I think, in a different way. So, obviously, three very talented individuals who decided as a trio that they could uh, take on the world, and they did. And in a few short years, they would conquer everything. Everything. This is Gilbert Neal, and you're listening to D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities 
on WHUPFM. It's been a weird week. I'm not 100%, but I'm still A-OK. So uh, the police were three guys, two of whom had been in music for a little while, one of whom was in music for a decade and a half almost before joining the police. And uh, we're going to start with Stuart Copeland, who began his career as a roadie for a group called Curved Air. And he became their drummer for one record, I believe. And I actually was so close to having a chance to interview Stuart Copeland when he came into town a couple of, uh, well, a year ago. He was doing a show at um, somewhere around here, and uh, he was going to come to the station and do uh, an interview. And it was almost, it almost happened. And had I met him, I would have asked him about, not, I, don't, I don't think I would have asked him about the police. I think I would have asked him about um, Curved Air which we will be pl- I will be playing a little bit later. But I'm going to start off with a record he played on just as the police were forming. So it was either this band or the police. So he chose the police over this band.
think of that well we started the set with a song called naive by a group called public zone from 1977 Stuart copeland's very distinct style on on drums and you know what i just played was from a, an album called airborne by curved air who whose heyday in england was in the late 60s early 70s their singer is named sonia christina she and actually, she and Stuart Copeland ended up getting married in 1982, and uh, it's it's funny because this was Stuart Copeland's first gig as a drummer. He was a tour manager, and this was a reunion tour. This is a reunion gig, and um, I wonder what she thought when the Police were just getting more and more popular. All that hard work that she must have put in with her band and all the conflicts and all the fights and the breakups. And she probably saw her share of that when she was watching uh, Stuart and uh, Sting going at it. But the scale of their success was just amazing. It, it just blew everybody away. So there was a, an example of Stuart Copeland's early recordings. He didn't go too far back. But somebody who went far, back far, far, blah, blah, Somebody who went back a little further than him was, of course, Mr. Sting. Just released an album, I think. <sighs> I am an okay police fan. I'm not a big police fan. But I have read my share of reports, as I'm sure you have, about Sting saying, no, I'm not going to record that. No, I'm not going to sing that. No, I'm not going to play on that. Just... Because he didn't write it. One example being uh, Behind My Camel off the album Zenyata Mondata, which is my favorite police album of the six. You're listening to WHUP LP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides Orphans and Oddities. 
And our show has gone so far from A Flock of Seagulls to Bill Nelson and Bebop Deluxe to Strontium 90. And we just examined some of the examples of Stuart Copeland's playing before the police ascension. And now we're going to play some music by Mr. Sting before he was that big bloated gas bag of a great songwriter is what I meant to say. He, uh, his voice is very distinct. If you get me drunk, I will do an impersonation. Even I will do an impersonation if you don't get me drunk. Perhaps if you were working in an office with me. <laughs> How will I ever afford my mic score to pay now? Anyway, here comes some pre-police sting you may enjoy. Or not. Here goes. Thank you. 
Oh
familiar. So that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about some of the lyrics that Sting used early in uh, demo form, I guess you could say, with this band he was in, this jazz combo quartet called Last Exit, 1974-75. And it was at gigs for this group, Last Exit, that he met both Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland. So first thing you heard was a song called Savage Beast and then Fool in Love, which got uh, turned into So Lonely later on. And then what you just heard was a very bad recording of a song called Carrion Prince, whose lyrics ended up in the song Bring on the Night. So good lyrics never die, much as we try. Anyway, this is Gilbert Neal. You're listening to D-Side's Orphans and Oddities. I'm glad that you're with me in whatever form and whatever time. So we've done Stuart Copeland and we did Sting. And the rest of the set is going to be Andy Summers because Andy Summers was knocking around the music industry from the early 60s. So it must have blown his mind, like I said, when he became much, much more famous much more popular than any of the bands that he had been recording with. I'm going to play you from, I'm going to start off playing you some studio stuff from three singers whose sessions bear the Andy Summers trademark His very good guitar playing. And then we're going to delve into some of the sixties stuff that he did. But uh, first, we'll start with a recording he did in 1975 with Joan Armour Trading. Let's see how this sounds and look how this smells. Do I have this right? Might be wrong. Who knows? Since we can no longer make it, girl, I've found a new place to live my life. It's really no place at all Just a hole in the wall, you see It's cold, it's dirty, but I let it be Living here without you On 2nd Avenue And since our stars took different paths I won't be shaving in your
Second
Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. 
Every John Armored trading album in the Rolling Stone record guide. Five stars, five stars. Who knows? Anyway, that was some solo. Did you hear that solo? Andy Part, Andy, excuse me, Andy Summers playing a really, really nice guitar solo. Intelligent and economical, as they say, on Stepping Out by Joan Arbitrating. Before that, Kevin Ayers shouting in a bucket blues. And uh, before that, Tim Rose, Second Avenue. Those were sessions that Andy Summers played on in the 70s. Before that, he was in another Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band for one album. I believe one album. And the album was called Love Is, and the group was Eric Burden's Eric Burden and the Animals. Yep. And uh, bears little or no resemblance to the band that you know as the Animals, the one that did um, It's My Life and I'll Do What I Want, House of the Rising Sun, and whatnot. No, 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 no. This is very late. Wait a second. Very psychedelic. Very psychedelic. Eric Burden was the Eggman. Yes, he was. They call him that. Because I guess he just really liked eggs. Yep. Um, you know, in a moment of self-doubt, I was walking to turn some lights off in the studio to save some money. And... It occurred to me, I make a lot of mistakes on this show. I sometimes get things wrong. Almost every episode. I'll know what the information is, but I'll get it wrong. And I hate that. Because it'd be so simple to just write everything down. As a fact, I do research, I do lots of it, but sometimes I get mixed up. And I'm really sorry for that. Um, So, let's see. Okay, so this is a song by Eric Burden and the Animals, the later version. He had already lost, uh, you know, Chaz Chandler and um, Alan Price. And these were just a bunch of other guys. And one of those other guys was Andy Summers. I believe this was 1968. And uh, this is a version they did of a traffic song of the time. Steve Steve Winwood and Traffic, Colored Rain. It's a long version. And it features an Andy Summers solo in the middle. So... Away I go. Colored rain, tastes like colored rain. Rain 
Hippies. No one likes a smart looking hippie. Least of all me. That's not true. I love them. Hey. So. So that's what Andy Park. And excuse. Gosh darn it. I did it again. That's what Andy Summers was doing in the late 60s. He was playing in Eric Burden's Animals, his version of Colored Rain, which I admire. I really, if you listen to that late 60s Eric Burden stuff, when they were no longer a blues band and he was just doing whatever he wanted, I kind of admire it. It's, it he really went crazy. He, he just, <laughs> Sky Pilot, San Franciscan Nights, Nutty. Nutty! Crazy, crazy trip. And what you just heard was, uh, on that album, Love Is, Andy Summers plays guitar, and uh, the guy playing bass is a guy who was famous in England much more than here, Zoot Money. Zoot's not his real first name, but he was very, he was part of that, you know, that blues movement, you know, the... Blues Breakers and England was in love with the blues and everybody was a blues player and Eric Clapton was blues guitar player and so Zoot Money was part of that movement. He was a keyboard player primarily. Uh, if you look him up, uh, we don't have time really to play the Zoot Money that I had prepared because Zoot Money... Andy Summers, the police, Stronium 90, Mike, what's his name, and Flock of Seagulls, and yours truly, Gilbert Neal. This has been D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities for another Saturday, and I'll take you out with, um, oh, by the way, I'm sorry, Dantalian's Chariot was what you just heard, that that uh, sitar-ridden waste of studio time was a composition by our own Andy Summers called Soma, six minutes and ten seconds long. And Dantalian's Chariot had one middling hit in the UK. So this is the thing that blows my mind, is that Andy Summers just kept going and going and going, playing with these bands, and obviously incredible guitar player. Taste economy. So when I was talking to you about uh, Behind My Camel from Zenyatta Mandata, you know, that song won a Grammy Award for Best Rock Instrumental. I believe it was the first, perhaps the only Grammy that the police ever won. I don't know, but I know it was their first. Sting must have been really irritated at that because he didn't play on that. It was just uh, Stuart Copeland and uh, Annie Summers. But having said that, the quality control was going exponentially higher as the early 80s progressed. Who knows what the police would have come up with after synchronicity and uh, Andy Summers' lone contribution, mother. So maybe quality control is a good thing. Anyway, my name is Gilbert Neal. This is WHUP. It's been a pleasure. It's been real nice. And uh, we'll see you next week with another attempt for me to link the recent past with the past past past. 
Podcast. Pass me a doobie. I'm going to get high. Hey, Andy Summers, don't bogart that joint. I would like to get high now, Andy Summers. Ignore that guy. That sting. He dresses like a bee. No, no, man. Don't harsh my mellow. All right!
very cold. Is something wrong? There are so many things I meant to say. Oh, Hannah. I'm too late. Streaming live at... Streaming live at WH... 104.7 FM... 104.7 FM WHUP...